Hey, sports fans, welcome to the Greg Medford Show. I'm Greg, your host. We're coming to you live from, oh, we're not live anymore. Coming to you recorded from Phoenix, Arizona, from the factory. So today I have, uh, in our ongoing series, as we pull back the layers of the onion and uh, talk to folks that are w- working their way into the ruling class, we've got somebody who's kind of spent some time in law enforcement, just a couple of years. Um, I'm sure you've seen him on uh, Oh, I'm sure you've seen him on news all over for many years. Uh, America's Sheriff Joe Arpaio is with us today. Um, He's running for mayor of Fountain Hills, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, today he's agreed to come spend some time with us. We're going to talk about, I don't know, where he grew up a little bit because we we grew up in some of the same streets. Uh, He's going to talk a little bit about his time as sheriff and some things he wants to do. And I imagine we're going to pull some stories out of him because he's been around uh, everyone. He's met everyone. He's talked to everyone. Everyone's wanted his endorsement at one point or another. And here he is gracing our table today. So, Sheriff, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This is a great facility. Thank you. I enjoyed your tour. Lindsay's great. She kind of knows her stuff real well. A lot of Americans cranking away out there. So, um, what made you decide you want to get get back in politics uh, after uh, af- after your time ended as sheriff here in, in Arizona? Good question. I asked myself that, and <laughs> I'm not going to tell my age. Uh, I'm glad you don't have a video, but if you do, I'm alive. <laughs> a little video. Everyone I'm knows alive, and I won't give you my age. I'll give you a date of birth. June 14, Flag Day, same as my hero, and friend Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, 1950, I was born. Not really. <laughs> I joined the army in 1950. I was born June 14, 1932. Uh, and um, you figure it out. Most kids can't figure it out when I tell them that. I give them clues. That doesn't help. They even pull out their phone which I have a great phone, it's called a flip-flopper. So, um, yeah, I tell them. I joined the Army when the Korean War broke out, 1950. I was 18. How old am I? They can't figure it out. I'm talking about a high school kid. I give them another clue. I ran for sheriff when I was 60. And I served 24 years. How old am I? I still can't figure it out. So I don't know what we're teaching these kids. They're slaves. Slaves, the social network and the telephone, which is sad. So I am uh, 90, turned 90 flag day. Happy birthday. Got a nice message from Trump since we're born on the same day. He He always remembers your birthday, right? Well, he actually pardoned uh, my wife. No, he pardoned me yeah. on my wife's birthday. Oh, nice. So birthdays come into my life history. So, yeah, I'm up there in the age. And by the way, somebody's looking out for me. 
How come I never spent a night overnight in a hospital? I don't know, but I'm going to knock on this wood barrel here right now. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to knock on my wood barrel. Um, how did your friendship with Trump come about? Good question. Not complicated, but I never knew the guy. I heard about the Trump hotels. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I got a little personal note from him. Didn't even know him. He didn't know me. I think he knew one of the issues I took on. And that's the only time Is I the, ever... Talking about the border? No. No. That's to do more serious than that. Well, when you talk about the border, <clears throat> yeah, I made a name for myself locking up illegal aliens. Now, the irony is, I think I'm responsible for 250,000 as a little old sheriff. But I probably have the investigation on the top alien in history. And I'm not going down that road. All I'm going down is the road of a fake government document. Oh, I know what you're talking about. So when you arrest most of the illegals in the workplace and so, so on, they have fake documents. Yeah. Social security, light, you know, all that. Sure, sure. So I look at this, and I did an investigation on a certain person, happened to be the president, the United States president, right? Yeah. And the Tea Party came to me about 200, and said, hey, you're the elected sheriff. Will you investigate this? And I looked at the thing. And I was a top federal guy, too, you know. People forget that. I was a top federal official for many, many years, so I'm not stupid. You don't take on a president. In what capacity were you a top federal the, guy? The U.S. Drug Enforcement. Okay. I was a regional director in Mexico. I can go on and on. Okay. I spent 27 years as a Fed. So I looked at it, and I made a decision. Decision was, I'm going to look at it, investigate it. Now... Let me fill in for the audience just a little bit. For some of you who don't remember this, who are just <clears throat> recently awoken to politics, Barack Obama, as he was going through his campaign, was not very well vetted, and he showed up with a birth certificate, and everyone had doubts about where he was born, and they started waving this birth certificate around, showing it as proof. And immediately the internet sleuths looked at it and said, hey, there's something's wrong with this. The Tea Party got together and said, hey, we don't think this is legit. And that's when they came to you, an actual law enforcement person, to look at it. Is that about the story? Yeah, but it's not the National Tea Party. It was one of the suburbs. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little cold. So I looked at it, and normally anybody else would have said, that's FBI, not a local sheriff. Right. Or most officials when they don't want to do something or politicians CO saying I'll have my staff study it right which means bye and bye. get back to it which right. means 20 years yeah. from now okay yeah nothing I happens. knew that I decided to do it I have a 3,000 
man-woman posse that I formed. I give them the authority, and so I use my cold case posse. So nobody could accuse me of using taxpayers' money, even though I had the right to do it. But I was playing all the political right, angles. On right, it. you were covering. And we started it, 2011, and worked hard at it. No doubt it's fake. No doubt in a million years, this law firm, I don't usually talk about this, law firm there in Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy, yeah, again. Big, long firm. Who've been in the news recently because oh, of the yeah. scandal around oh, okay. the fake Russian so, dossier. So would you like me to talk about Same law that? firm. Yeah, I love it. Huh? Yeah, for sure. Okay. No, I mean, uh, I'm going to talk. About I didn't it. want to interrupt you. I mean, but no, I'm just—I—I uh, I add a little parenthetical for the audience. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Coincidentally, there is news on it, but I'm sure that the news, those that don't like Trump, are not giving this law firm any credit. Okay, mm -hmm. so why is it that uh, that law firm? went to deliver them the uh, money. Remember the Steele report? Mm-hmm. The Steele dossier, yeah. Deliver the money with Hillary to Hillary. That law firm joined Soros, George Soros, that went after me in 2016. I've been sure of 24 years to get me out of office. Guess who they were with? Oh. That law firm. Perkins Coy? Yeah. That law firm, after Trump pardoned me on um, on the Mickey Mouse contempt of court, yeah. no jury, it was a hit job, big time. No, they've been weaponizing the justice big system, time. haven't they? Big time. Yeah. They try to take away the pardon because pardon, uh, Trump pardoned me on a right. little contempt of court. I didn't ask for it. But he did it. That was his first pardon, was me. So that law firm tried to appeal the pardon. Okay? No, such, no such thing. Okay. Now, who do you think went to Hawaii? What law firm? Working for Obama. And he used a private firm because if it was official, that would be in the archive. Right. Perkins Coy. Oh, and this was to tidy so, up his birthplace of and, origin. And we don't have the exact proof, but we know he went there. They went there and they picked up a document which happened to be delivered to Washington, which we know, come on, it's a fake birth certificate. So I'm, thrown, I'm just thrown in that law firm. Now there's another law firm that went after me. Covington, Covington, Boeing, I forgot the name, which I never should. So that's the law firm that the federal judge, brother-in-law, is a big shot in doing my civil alleged racial profiling. Guess who the ACLU had as their law firm? was the judges. Notwithstanding, and he decides how much money to spend and give to, you know, his monitors and his law firm. 
his wife was at a reunion with three ex. You know, they were together in high school and I think in Yuma. And she, when they say, what does your husband do? Oh, he's a federal judge. Wow. Then she volunteered. He hates my Arshura. He's going to do everything in his power to make sure he never gets elected. So I gave you two problems, conflict of interest, right? Right. It was a hanging trial. No jury. Wouldn't give me a jury. Then he refers a next-door judge for a criminal, and she has a 10-day trial on me. Everybody in that courtroom, including my enemies, knew there was no case. Uh-uh. Guilty. I think I said something on Fox. Guilty. No jury. On and on. Now, the catch on this, Trump happened to be doing a rally a week before I was going to be sentenced. This uh, is in 2015, 2016, maybe? Yeah. Okay. So... The judge, and I know how the system works, being a federal guy, said he's going to be sentenced on Friday afternoon. I am going to sentence him Friday afternoon. So it's probably the CIA checking on me. Let me turn this off. <laughs> I thought that was in the system. I was like, Bobby, what the hell's going on? So anyway... You know, if you're sentenced on a weekend, it takes time to get out of bond, right? Mm -hmm. So that way they can leave you locked up so a little so longer. That's why they would have had worldwide news. Marshall put me in handcuffs. Yeah. Take me to the federal prison, which is okay. At least it wasn't my prison, my township, so on. Yeah, yeah. Federal prison is great. You can play bocce, a little basketball, so on. Is that true? Did you do that? Pardon? Did, is that true? Well, yeah. Is it really? No. When I became sheriff, they had a riot in the federal prison. You know, I'm a new sheriff. So I showed up. I said, I'll take over. You can't take over. This is a federal prison. I said, it's on county property. Don't tell me I can't take over. And I said, anybody that escapes, I want to shoot him. Oh, please, please, don't shoot him. You know, jumping over the fence. Yeah. But I happened to look at the federal prison. Great food. Not compared to mine, my jails. But anyway, back to the sun. <laughs> so Trump comes along, has his rally. Every, there's demonstrators all over the place. Arpaio, and they're after him too. So I didn't show up for the rally. I usually introduce him to the rally. I stayed home with my wife, and I said, you wait. He's going to pull something out of his pocket, and he's going to talk about the pardon because it kind of leaked out that he knew my situation. Sure enough, first he says to the 10,000 people, do you like Sheriff Joe? Naturally, yeah. He said, don't worry. He'll be taken care of. A few days later, he pardons me. I never had to show up for court. They're ruling the whole judge's plan. I guarantee you, she would have put me in jail for three days. You can get up to six months. It's like a dog bite, same charge. 
ruin her plan. And doing the 10-day trial, I had to sit at a defense attorney. My defense attorney. By the way, I should have the world's record. Was it the Guinness World? Yeah, Guinness Book. I guarantee you I would be in that book, which I think I can develop that. So people are going to say, how much money did this cost you? For a misdemeanor, okay, the total thing they could do to you is six five hundred dollar fine. Nobody even knew what a contempt of court. To this day, we appeal it. Even they don't know what's going on. So, I spent two point four million dollars. Yeah. To defend myself on a little misdemeanor. Well, you know, this is the smoke on the horizon we've all seen happen over the last really 10 years, this weaponizing of our government against our, our political opponents. Anybody who's a political opponent, we're seeing the Justice Department going after them, we're seeing the FBI going after them, rolling up, you know, 75-year-old, mm. long-time, well-heeled business executives at an airport in front of their family and dragging them into the FBI. What happened with Roger Stone? Whether you like his pink tie and his cigar doesn't matter. They're uh, sending the FBI in the middle of the night to arrest old businessmen and politicians it's unbelievable and there's and there's no real crime there's real crime going on you know we left 80 some billion dollars worth of equipment in afghanistan right nobody got in trouble for that there's nobody getting rolled up for that but you supported donald trump and there's all kinds of madness going on it's crazy well mine was a little different believe it or not i mean they hassled me caused me all bad publicity which was really good. The more they blast me, the media, my polls keep going up. <laughs> right. And I tell all the reporters, make sure you blast me. I had the New York Times here a couple of months ago. He says, you know, you're fun. You're strange. You don't care about being blasted. I said, that's right. When you do your article, even though I sued them. He didn't realize I sued them six months before. I said, I don't care. Don't say nice things, because every time you guys go after me, my polls go higher and higher. Couldn't believe it, but it's true. I had that reputation, so I didn't have to go to court on that situation. I I was I'd never been fingerprinted. I never had a photo. I don't even know if I have a record. But contempt of court. That's all I hear. Yeah, fall and spending all this money, spending causing all the taxpayers' money. Not my fault. Blame the judge in the court in Obama because this happened under him. Right. So they were after me. And they got me because I lost the election. Anybody could have won that election. With George Soros and that Perkins Coy pumping all that money. The mayor of LA, he finally left. I think he's begging for a cabinet post. He led hundreds of illegals from L.A. to my county. He was wearing shirts saying, arrest Arpaio. This is the mayor of L.A. Think of that. Yeah. So they threw everything at me, and they got me. That's okay. It's the name of the game. But I'm a Trump guy. I was with him from day one, day one. 
My support comes from the heart. That's a big difference than politics. Right. All Every the, everybody I, wants him now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The minute his polls go down, right, he'll be under the bus. Right. Catch on. Yeah, yeah. You know who your friends are. So, I've been with him from day one. I will w be with him to the bitter or nice end. I'm not a flip flopper. Now I have a little personal reason for that. Personal reason. But even without the personal reason, I still would support him. And I, because when I, he came to Phoenix, first it was July 2015. He announced a month earlier in New York. First, first rally happened to be in Phoenix. Nobody would get on that stage and introduce him. I'm talking about was that the one at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum or at the fairgrounds? Yeah. Yeah, I was at that. That was 15. Yeah. Did you see me up there? Yeah, I did. Okay, you know yeah. what? I didn't know the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm winging it. Yeah. So I said, oh, we're born on the same day. Oh. And then I said, there's a silent majority out there. That was way back there. And then I said, you're going to be our next president. So he looks at me. But the point is, nobody will go near him. Now they're all near him. Oh, yeah. I, I'm glad they are near him. I'm talking about Republicans. Yeah. Forget the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Now they're, I'm glad they're with him. But do you really think they're not really it comes from him. the heart? No. Come on. No. Come on. My I think income. they're with him because they feel the inevitability of what's coming. They want to support so they'll get elected. Right. That's the main reason. Because he's got a rabid fan yeah, base. Yeah. yeah. That's his. That's their main reason. Come on. Sure. It's nothing else. You think they like him? No. No. So I'm glad at least they got a little brains at least at this time. Right. Okay. So I started introducing them, and then my wife came down with cancer. Doing the trial, the Mickey Mouse trial, and you know chemo and all. She used to watch Fox. Of course, I was a big Fox guy. Used to buy yeah, on all the shows. I'm diversing just a minute. Then he blackballed me. Hey, all those people that I knew blackballed me. He's talking about Fox News. Yeah, yeah. National. Okay. And why did they do that? Because I was on the show talking to one of the famous person. They call her judge all the time. And she asked me about Hawaii, whether, you know, remember they had a problem, hit the wrong button, it's going to blow up Honolulu. And she says, I wish someday they'll investigate that. And let's get to the bottom of that. My, me, my stupid diarrhea answer was, they can't even investigate Obama's birth certificate. She went crazy. From that day on, that day on, the birth certificate, they blackballed me. Why would, it doesn't, it, it's counterintuitive because it seems like that would be the kind of thing where they kind of would maybe say, we don't do stories about it because it doesn't grab people's attention, but why would they care? I don't get it. Well... I think I touched the nerve, and I when I started it, 
I said, I don't care where he's born, doesn't enter my mind. I'm looking at a fake government document. So you're saying, why didn't you talk about it? It's not just me. Every every polit- every campaign manager, high official, high as you can go, don't talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the birth certificate, which is phony. Now, we did a lot of work on it. I'm not an expert in the computers, but my guy was, uh, we had three press conferences, of course, all the media, this is all garbage, you know. Of course, of course. And so on. (laughs) Then a lucky break came before I left office. And this is easy for me. I'm not a computer guy. But when you take one piece of paper and compare it with another piece of paper, and that piece of paper a woman that had a birth certificate same time and you got his birth certificate and then you show out of that birth certificate the woman had that nine pieces of that was taken from that and pasted on his birth certificate now to me it's pretty good probable cause right i went one step further i wanted a forensic expert to show how that was taken off and put on I couldn't get anybody to look at it, but I found some people in my home, former, my mother and father came from Italy, so I found a company that testifies before the Italian Supreme Court, all that, and said, will you do me a favor and look at it? They did, more of a favor, figuring it's all garbage. Uh-uh. They looked at it, no doubt about it. It's a fake. Then I had a guy in Hawaii, Obama guy, that I kind of swung our way. 25 years. He looked at the same thing, not knowing the Italians. Uh, same th- result. Now, I've been in law enforcement for 55 years. And I've worked corruption. I can go on and on. What do you need for probable cause? How much do you need to at least look at a violation of the law? Nobody to this day will touch it. And I'm very angry at that. I would like some law enforcement agency other than mine to look into it. No one has looked into it. They don't want to talk about it. And he gets a pass. That's because our elected officials have stolen the country and they've weaponized the justice system. I don't think there's any justice happening almost anywhere. We're not arresting criminals. We wonder why kids are all lawless. They don't see any law and order in half the communities in this country. They've weaponized. They've turned it into like the Soviet, like the the the, the KGB. You know, the Justice Department's, they're, they're not, you know, they say, oh, it's the leadership. It's not the leadership. Where are the good men and women in law enforcement who tell their bosses no? They're so worried about their government jobs. They're rolling these people up, political adversaries all over the country. You know, I, I saw Tucker Carlson did a show the other night. He went on for almost an hour just talking about one example after the other of political opponents being arrested for absolutely bogus charges. And it's the same stuff you're talking about happening to you. A contempt for some, you know, like minor, minor stuff being rolled up, handcuffed, gunpoint, SWAT teams. Doesn't make any sense to me. That It got everybody scared. 
Yeah, they're trying to send a message to get all the press and make it a big deal. Mm -hmm. It could be spitting on a sidewalk. Right. There is no fairness in the criminal justice system. Right. And and there's a war on cops, too. So, and I've been very active raising money to help cops selling pink underwear and all that. So, but the point is, and I'm running for mayor of my hometown after all these years. You know, he's got four and a half million people to worry about. Now he got 30,000. So that's okay. It's my hometown. I'm going to get something back, and I'm going to have to t- a title of mayor. And I've got to get to Trump. Uh, I talked to him on my birthday, but he's got to start going after mayors. Forget all with senators, Congress. Get the mayors. Because the big cities are controlled by mayors. They have a lot of power. Swing, a lot of swing, yeah. Big time. Yeah. More than Congress. Right. Congress doesn't you see, have They're any, almost useless. No, Congress doesn't have any you-know-what. Right. Because if they did, we'd have new immigration laws, illegal immigration. Right. 25 years, they have done nothing. All these politicians, I laugh. I, I said, I'm going to have to go down there and open up a taco stand with an Italian name because I'd make a lot of money. Luigi's Tacos? Huh? Yeah. Luigi's Tacos? No, Giuseppe. My Giuseppe, name's okay, Giuseppe. <laughs> Just go down there. You know why? Especially during election, every politician in the universe heads for the border. They don't even know where the border is until they're running for office, so they stand in front of this chicken wire fence when I'm elected, I'm going to close this border. I'm going to take care of this problem. You ever hear of that? Every election sure. official. It's the sure. same thing. Sure. What happened in 25 years? Where is Congress? Why don't they change some laws? Same garbage, even now, when you got more coming in probably than ever before. Yeah. And nobody cares. All they do is talk. Tell me one politician you hear that has said they're going to do something, and they really did it. Just Trump. Not, not, yeah. no, nobody Well, else. during the Trump, yeah, years, at least four years, we were on the right track. Yeah. Trump, different. But he's not there anymore. Right. So my point is, it's all talk. Yeah. And the greatest country in the universe, and we can't solve a border problem and I, I was adding up my time. I didn't realize it because I have about 35 years at the border. I was head of the Federal Drug Enforcement in Mexico, South America, top guy, federal. Turkey, now Turkey is different. That's not at the border. But sure, for 24 years, 60 miles from the border, so I know about the border. Operation Intercept, 1969, under Nixon, G. Gordon, Liddy, and I ran that operation where we just about closed the border for two weeks. And they hated us in Mexico. But no, the drugs came over. It solved the problem for a couple of weeks under Nixon. So why is it the same problem over and over and over again at that border? 
They worry about borders in foreign countries, which I was head of the federal drug enforcement in Turkey, Middle East, so I know something about that area, too. They're tough over there, but now they're having their problems on drugs and immigration problems. I think it's about money, and tell me I'm wrong. I feel like um, whether big corporations want cheap labor or whether there's massive amounts of money laundering going on. Both parties completely ineffectual doing nothing about our border. Well, that means somebody behind the scenes who's kind of in charge, no matter who's in power, that's big corporations. I don't, I don't, and I, and I love commerce and business, but there's some bigger interest at play um, that's keeping the borders open because it seems to me a, such a blue collar solvable problem. And we've seen it get solved and choose not to. So what do you think it is? Well, first of all, uh, I've locked up thousands and thousands. And by the way, I had my deputies trained by ICE and sworn in as ICE agents. That's a deal I made with the head of ICE. They wanted to put them in the jail, which is okay. I said, I want mine on the streets. I want the authority to arrest illegal. They had to give it to me. So my guys went through all the training, and we could enforce the illegal immigration law. Of course, this judge never took that on coincidence. You know, when they went after me, I had the authority plus two state laws we had, human smuggling and employers. So I enforce all those laws. In fact, I won that one recently before the Supreme Court. When you raid a business, you can arrest the employees. And we had a state law that I was doing that. So, but we have to have tougher laws. And I always get amused throughout the years when you always hear by the politician, here's what they say. We must enforce the laws at the border first, and then we'll look into other illegal activity like all of them floating around the U.S. and arresting them. The laws are there, still there, okay? Now, you know, anybody knows that's a cop-out. You are never going to close that border 100%. Come on. Right. But they use that. Once we do that, then we'll go after illegals in the interior of the United States. Another, Another garbage slogan they all use. Right. Now it's changed a little. All yeah. the refugees, now there's another problem. You know how that works. Right. So I laugh at it. So the reason is, why? Why can't they close that border or do what President Nixon did? Is it politically motivated, economic, intelligence? So uh, I don't know, but it's getting out of hand now. Can we ever get back to at least what it was 25, 30 years ago? You know, uh, the the crazy part is what we saw under Trump, and this is what I don't understand. And you'd think even for the most cynical uh, politicians out there, they'd go, okay, we didn't like Orange Bad Man, but look what he did, and it was so popular, and it worked so well. Let's just do that, but we'll call it a different thing. You know what I mean? The guy just demonstrated 
one successful thing after the other. You'd think anybody who just wants to survive and stay in power would just glom on to some of what he did that was done well. But they're just doubling down on the opposite of everything. It doesn't make any sense. The border doesn't make any sense. Both parties, the, the uniparty of do nothing on the border, what's behind it? Well, I spent 28 years on both sides as a top guy. So when I was uh, the director of Mexico, South America, uh, I had offices in Panama and Argentina, but I worked out of Mexico City. Most of my activity was in Mexico. Um, and I dealt with the officials. I dealt with them. I dealt with crooked officials. And I got along pretty good. Sometimes it's better to be there and not be there. Right. So so the point is, I have my own theory. Now, I like it when Trump goes to meet Putin or the Korean the rocket guy. Yeah, Kim. I love it. You know I, why I thought I love it was awesome, it? too. Forget all the politics. Let's get to human nature. You go in the back room. You have a... No, Trump doesn't drink, but... You, you got the Coca-Cola. Yeah, have a Coke. And the other guy's drinking vodka or whatever they drink in Russia. Yeah. And you put the cards on the table, and you start talking, and you make a deal. Right. Now, Trump is good at making deals. Yeah, for sure. We know that. Yeah. So here's Putin and Trump, and they're talking. Now, once they go to the toilet, then the whole world knows about it. Right. You know, once he says anything, the New York Times, I don't know, they got the biggest snitches I can I ever heard of because they know exactly what's said or what he wants to do. So it goes in the private room. What's wrong with that? I guess we're doing pretty good under his tenure, right? Yeah. So, so you have private meetings. So the thing is, I, I was in that position because after the Operation Intercept, they sent me to Mexico as the regional director. Wait a minute. They hated us. Hated us. So I'm a pretty nice guy. They call me the toughest guy. And I'm pretty, I'm a nice guy too. So I had the attorney general for the first time come to my house of Mexico the whole country, like the U.S. Attorney yeah. General, not the yeah. U.S. Attorney. Right, the Attorney General, yeah. I had them over my house. They hated us. Looking at me kind of funny. My wife's there. Had a nice dinner for him. And, of course, my wife was a great cook. Cooked blueberry pie. She's from Virginia, so she knows how to cook blueberry pie, right? Okay. The guy loved the pie. Of course, I was smart. I went to the PX, you know, the, and yep. I got some American whiskey. So I have whiskey here, the pie there. So you melted some of the ice. ice. Yeah. yeah, big ice. Yeah. Other than the big stick, I took care of business on pie and whiskey. Now, Bobby, have, would you make a note of that, please, the next time we run into <laughs> whiskey and blueberry pie, Virginia recipe, please? Going to Virginia to get some now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I had Noriega. Remember him? Yeah, Manuel Noriega. I had an office there. 
had two agents there. I know he's playing both sides. Sure. At least I got something out of him, right? Sure. I used to meet him at the bunker, down in the bunker. Right, because you were doing business yeah. not in heaven. Yeah. They, they were not angels. Uh, yeah. But remember this first Bush CIA? Yeah. He, he had a raid Mexico, uh, Panama. Remember they had the big, before you were born. So the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That's where the Navy yeah, SEALs got yeah, in yeah, a little yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. I was so, Panama. So I could have had the guy on a for uh, uh, the big airplane seven o seven forty seven. Yeah, because all I had to do, which I did at the top dope pillar, con them to go onto the canal zone to play softball. That's how stupid he is. Grabbed them on that zone, put them on an airplane. Oh, wait a minute. You're saying you, you could have avoided the whole invasion of Panama? Because all they had to do was ask you, and you would have just taken the guy out for uh, whiskey and pie. Well, and well first of all, airplane. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of a, those days I was kind of young. Gun battles in Turkey and all that. I was kind of stupid, but I survived. But the thing is, you think I could not arrange to get that guy on a 707? I'm going to tell you. Oh, I did it. Not on him. The other guy. The French Connection. Now, the New York cops, they always say, remember the movie, the French Connection, the car chases and all that, and the yeah. cops busted the French Connection. You're looking at the guy that really busted the French Connection, or you're listening to him. Because when I was in Turkey, that's where all the opium was. Now, after they transferred me from Chicago, since uh, I did a great job, they sent me to Turkey by myself with a 38 and a 57 Chevy in the hills of Turkey. That's how cheap our outfit was, the Bureau of Narcotics, by myself. And my job was to stop all the opium. And the morphine is transferred to Marseille, France, made into by the French, made into heroin, transferred into New York, Chicago, with the mafia, which you know there there's only one mafia. That's the Italian mafia. Everybody steal it. <laughs> you got the Mexican mafia, the Chinese mafia. Everybody's stealing the name. And I worked on a mob, that's another story. And that was the French connection. So I I have to take credit that I started it in Turkey, and Nixon, of course, was tough on on the uh, drug thing. Yeah. And then the top guy there moved to Paraguay. It, the heat was there. The top world guy, Armand Record, went to Paraguay. We found him there. So I go down there, tell the ambassador, hey, we're taking this guy out, the ambassador, former FBI agent. You can't do that. You can't. I said, wait a minute. I'm with a federal drug enforcer. Don't tell me I can't do it. So I called the attorney general of the U.S., Kleindies, buddy of mine. He calls that ambassador. You leave him alone. The bottom line is, just by chance at midnight, a nice plane showed up. 707, he got a free ride to see what America looks like. 
and in Dallas he goes to trial. That was the real French connection. Now, New York may have arrested some heroin that came from the French connection, so I kind of a little proud of myself for being involved in this thing on both ends. But, but I just told you, when you want somebody to get out of a country, there's ways of doing it. Without invading. Yeah. Without invading. Right. Okay. So that's just one aspect when I look back at my career. I had certain things I pick out. Now I wrote a this I wrote a third book, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, an American legend. That's my third one, but that's my last one that I wrote. And I'm not trying to sell the book, but everything in that book is true. Everything. I kept reports. I used to have to type the reports myself. Good thing I learned how to type. When I was hired as a federal agent in 1957, I was a cop in D.C. Actually, I joined the Army when the Korean War broke out, but after that I became a... uh, Washington, D.C. cop, walked a black beat for four years and then let off Eisenhower's parade. And at the time, the sheriff from Vegas came down there and said, why don't you come out west? Oh, I said, I'm, yeah, I think I'll go out west. I joined the Vegas Police Department. That time it was separate from the strip, you know. My name, the... My fame was locking up Elvis Presley. So when I get talks, I bring that out. Everybody, you locked up Elvis Presley, especially the younger people. I said, yeah. I say I locked him up because he was going 100 miles an hour with a beautiful blonde on a motorcycle. It was a Harley, 1957. (laughs) I stopped him. Of course, I was looking at the blonde. I didn't know who this guy was. Nice. Pull him over. Oh, I'm Elvis Presley. Oh. Tell him I'm a Frank Sinatra. The Vic the Bone guy. I knew Vic. He's <laughs> so I take I'm a him. Vic the Moan uh, guy. Oh, he's my guy. That's fantastic. Good friend. He's passed away. People don't remember it. He had Eddie Fisher, Vic the Moan in those times. So I take him down to the I stadium. listen to those guys on the Sinatra yeah. channel yeah. on Sirius oh, yeah. when I come yeah. to work every day. Especially my way. That's my favorite song. Trump stole my name, my song. You know. He played it on the way out of the White House, right? Yeah, my song. Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? I was watching that when it happened, and uh, I was sitting with a dear friend, and I feel like such a candy ass for saying it. I was, I got teary eyed, and I had tear down my cheeks about it. I was so sad. I was so mad how it all went down. Well, you and mean I, when he was leaving the singing was, my way? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was. I was proud of him, and I was so mad yeah. that a good man got run out yeah. of town. It just well, pissed me off. When I was on a plane with him, I said to him, so my favorite song is My Way, okay? And I said, that song personifies you. And then I happened to, in the rallies to sing it my way, my song. And then when he left, my way. Wait a minute, I thought that song was my song. No, that's my song. Okay, it's your song. I mean, oh, you had it before I did. I, but I had. You had it before I did. I had nothing against you because you probably 
you know, you you probably don't remember history. You haven't been around like I have. I haven't been around like you. No, no, but that's been my song for years. And my, and I sang it on 60 Minutes. Actually, it was Australia, 60 Minutes. I've sang that song many times. And I'm a smart politician. But when you go to raise money, get those people to give you money, I sing my way. You know why? I sing it so bad, they give me money to shut my mouth. That's how you do it. That's how you raise money, right? So my wife hated that song. Oh my my God. wife passed away after 63 years last year. So um, she hated it. She never told me. My wife would always do what I want, never argue, nothing. Married her in Chicago. So it starts off. And now the end is near. Kind of sad, you know. Oh, yeah. Especially in law enforcement. And now the end is Melancholy as hell, yeah. Yeah, so she, she was very sensitive. But I love that song. And I'll always love that song. Yeah. And I try to sing it. And I'm not good at it. And if I had my life to, to live over, I would have taken voice Think of some voice lessons in Can the you end. now when I give a talk as sheriff and anywhere, I ad lib. I don't prepare Mickey Mouse political statements. I talk off the cuff. You think I prepared here with you? I no. can do this in my sleep. Yeah. I could talk for fifty hours. You know that? Yeah, I believe you think it. I got notes? Come on. They say you're ninety years old. See now. What do you mean, see now? I just told you things. I can tell you things that happened when I was five years old. What's a see now? See now, garbage. Too old. Well, screw you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm Biden, who I met a couple of times, he's killing me because he's 70. He looks like he's 100. And acts. How's that make me look? Oh, he's 90 years old. They compare me. And look at him. Well, is it? I can't believe you're 90. Let's see my birth certificate. No, but I mean, you look great for Christ. You know, we. All right, so I want to. I want to hit the replay button. So do you, you probably don't remember me because you've had lots of lunches with everybody. But you remember Frank DeSoma from uh, POF right, Rifles Patriot Ordnance Factory. Um, where, where did I meet him? He owns a Frank. rifle manufacturing company okay. here in town. Okay. So. Uh, how about the gal Christine, who was running for governor? Yeah, Jones. Christina Jones. She was uh, who worked for GoDaddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know her. Okay. Uh, what's the connection? There? Okay, so it was you, her, Frank, and me. Yeah. And we went to the pizza place downtown. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, the, 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 Barry, the, the, the famous pizza guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget his name. The one who ended up having the flour allergy and had to quit making yeah. pizza. We the four of us sat and had lunch, and she was courting you exactly for your endorsement. And you were like, I remember you were like the bell of the ball. It was fantastic. I was sitting there with my friend Frank, and Frank's a Brooklyn Italian. He had kind of one squeaky eye, and he has since passed. He was in a bad car accident a couple of years ago. Frank was like, he calls me up and goes, "Greg, I'm I got I'm gonna go have lunch with Joe Arpaio and this girl who wants money from me to be governor." 
uh, would you come with me? Cause you know, I just want to, I want you to, you know, just be there with me to, for some support. So it was the four of us. And I remember she had an air force officer husband who kind of sat off yeah, to the side the military. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I, I, my takeaway from the whole thing was really funny. You and I started talking and I didn't know you were from Springfield. And I asked you if you knew the Axiotis brothers and you're like, oh, yeah, I know the Axiotis brothers. And it was a bunch of connections around Springfield and West Springfield, Massachusetts from your youth. Is that where you were raised? Yeah, my mother and father came from Italy, settled in Springfield. Now, you bring her name up. So how, how, how long do I have on this? What time as you uh, want? I don't want to hurt you. You know, my, no, I, as long as you want to talk. I, well, you're not going to put this on. You're going to take up airspace for five hours? We don't or you're going to have segments? It's a podcast. We, it, it's a deep dive. People put it on when they're listening to work and they come oh, they turn on, and then they come back to it. Yeah. Okay, it's like yeah. a series. So yeah. we're on series two now. Yeah, sure. Chapter two. Chapter two. Because you bring her up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. When you open the door on her. I have to talk about a few other things. I'll bring it. Has what to do with politics. That's what we're here for. Now, she worked for GoDaddy, Parsons, mm -hmm. who now sold it. He's got uh, Harley, and who's yeah. avoiding me now. He used to cut his ribbons, open it up all at once. Uh, you know, I, I gave him a badge, made him a special deputy and all. But that's another history with him. So she came, she came to my office many times, which was great. She used to be, bring me rum cake. Now, Ducey, now wait a minute, this is interesting. I don't usually say this much. It's how politics happens with me. I'm different. So she came several times. So she was smart. She used to praise me, the reverse psychology, okay, wanted my indoors. I had seven people running, seven, including the current governor okay so i now the sheriff of pinnell county and we had our little differences he wanted to be like me this is babu with the yeah, bald head the bald head yeah and she says and fox loved him well they loved me too but he had something different he didn't have any hair <clears throat> i won't go into other things too but she says i'm going to do a fundraiser him he's gonna hold one for me i says really if you do don't bring me any more cake we're finished sure enough he did she did call me said we're done i was kind of leaning towards her then all the others were coming to my office the mirror mesa ducey the whole bunch visited me in my office now ducey he had the ice cream place but then I had the freedom, not worrying about Jones. I was going to stay out of the race. I endorsed him, Ducey. And he was way down. Smith was the mayor of Mesa. hated me because I raided his office and the police department. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Making friends and winning influence. All over illegal immigration, of uh -huh. course. Nobody would do anything. They had about 10 working in a city hall. They wouldn't arrest them. So I said, I'm going to arrest them. So I went in there with my SWAT team, raided the city hall. So I do things like that. The guy, Gascon, was a police chief also. He's the one that's the L.A. district uh, attorney. Yeah. They want to recall him. 
He's a, he's a screwball. Yeah. He used to try to keep me from going to this, this town in Mesa. Oh, is it Gascon from here? Not from here. They they uh, hired him from the outside. Oh, okay. And he went as chief uh, in San Francisco, then appointed as sick attorney. Now he's in L.A. letting everybody out. Right. They want to recall this yeah. guy, who still bad-bounds me, you know. Yeah, he's a ding-dong, so I decided, didn't Babu turn out to have a bunch of weird stuff? Didn't he have like a boyfriend who was illegal or all that? Was that gonna, none of that true? It's true. Okay. He finally came out of the closet. I mean, I don't care if the I don't care gay. either. No, no. That's his but problem. He, was it his boyfriend and illegal or something? Uh, I'm not going to get into all that. Okay. All right. yeah. <laughs> I just read the New Times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, that Mickey Mouse me. Oh, yeah. They're, you ba do they're, know. they're bananas. You do know I arrested the two publishers, the owners. No, that's awesome. You'd never heard of that? No. Took a, huh? No, I quit reading the papers years ago. Well, the New Times, every. I've been to the headlines every week trying to destroy me. Yeah. So we, I got some evidence and dragged both the publishers out. At midnight, threw him in jail. Oh, you talk about. And the county attorney at the time didn't have the guts to do anything. And by the way, they're all under indictment around the country. Who is? Both of those publishers that I arrested. Oh, now, you mean currently? Now. Yeah, for what? For the back page, the sex on the back page and all that. So I guess I was ahead of the game back then too. Okay. Even a broken clock's right 150 yeah. times. So, <laughs> where were we, Governor? No, you were talking about Christine. Yeah, so so she didn't win. No. Ducey won. Yeah. And he knows because he was 10% down, and I did commercials, went 10% up. And he admits it. He says, if it wasn't for you, I never would have been Governor. You got it. I says, hey. And I never ask her a favor. I never ask anybody that I endorse from Trump down, never ask for a favor. I just endorse them. No, most politicians was, oh, I did this for What's you. What's my quid pro quo? None. Hey, let me ask you about that. So you and Trump, Trump never said, hey, I'm going to pardon you, nudge, nudge, don't worry about it, I'm going to take care of you. He never said anything no. like that. Awesome. He did it out of his heart. Yeah. So then I tell my wife, my wife watches Fox. Pizzeria Bianco. Yeah. Bianco. Sorry, my, it was just my Bianco. head. Yeah. He just opened up one in L.A. Chris did? Last week. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my wife came down with cancer doing the trial. So I told Trump, I said, my wife watches Fox. Because she wants to watch you. He said, he picks up the phone. He calls my wife. You know, how you doing and all that. He's called my wife at least seven times, even when he was president. How how are you doing? Now, I wish I would have took my wife to meet with him. She didn't like to go in big crowds, although she would go on parades with me and on top of my tank and all that. So I don't forget that. Now, he pardoned me on her birthday. I mean, 
he and I had the same birthday. He pardons me on her birthday. It was a birthday present for yeah, her. Yeah. That's so pretty sweet. Birthdays turn out pretty good sometimes. That's pretty sentimental. Yeah, and it's Flag Day, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's the Army anniversary. Well, I don't know anything about that, but whatever. <laughs> wait a minute. If it, it, wait a minute. Well, hold on a minute. Oh. Oh, if it was the Marine anniversary... I see you were yeah, on November, uh, November 10th. I, that's when I can't. That's why can't you remember the Army? I, I don't know. I'll tell you what. It takes well, you guys have Veterans Day. Uh, no, you guys have Veterans Day. Yeah. All the branches get Veterans Day, and the Marine Corps gets no, the Marine Corps birthday. No, I'll tell you, it takes 10 Marines that make one Army guy. I'm looking at your... <laughs> you mean the, in, do you mean in weight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, everybody in the army. I was just kidding about that. I know. All I the knew. Marines. I need your vote. Just kidding <laughs> about that. We're just joking each other. For yeah. Well, um. So, I, you know, the significance of him remembering or finding out your wife's birthday and knowing when your husband is under uh, unjust persecution how much strain it puts on a family, how much strain it puts on a couple, how much strain it puts on yeah. a wife for her to get that for a birthday yeah. present from the president. It's pretty spectacular. Well, there's another step to I mean, this. It's a, it's a double yeah. gift. Yeah. It's a gift to you yeah. Yeah. and an amazing gift yeah. to her. So there's another step to this whole thing. Remember the Cleveland, when he had his nomination in Cleveland? Yes. At the convention you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. I was there. I, I got to be a, a delegate with Ducey and all that. So, I see the security guy, his private, and he says, oh, Trump's in the other room on the floor. You know, so let's go see him. So I walk in there. He, he's there with Monteford. He's a guy that went to prison. Yep, he got yep. pardoned. He's sitting there. Trump is sitting there. He sees me, he runs up to me, hugs me, and says, and you know what I told him? Hey, don't you ever think that I turned down speaking for you on the stage? See, I had a gut feel when they were playing their politics. They're always jealous, these guys, the big boys. Sure. They don't like anybody to be a friend of Trump. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, everybody I'm, wants to be the yeah, close yeah, one to the yeah, king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, you're not going to be on the stage? No. He goes crazy, tells Monifer, you get him on that stage. Now, this is Monday. The federal judge uh, hang, was hanging me on a contempt of court. You will be back in my courtroom on Friday. If I didn't show up, I would have had two contempts. Probably broke a record. So I was in a tough time frame. So Monifer says, well, uh, yeah, if you're going to do this. This is Paul Monifer, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you only have five minutes to speak. Giuliani took like 20, ruined the whole night. I said, five minutes you're giving me? Come on. That's three minutes because two minutes are going to be cheering for me. <laughs> and he says, you got to use a teleprompter. I don't use teleprompter. No, you got to use a teleprompter. So they, that's Monday. Tuesday goes by, nothing. Wednesday goes by, nothing. Thursday is the night that he get, Trump takes the stage. Finally, they call me at high noon. You gotta, we want you on the stage. 
So I had to go in the back, all the TV, you know, all the people working there. So I had to get a teleprompter, of course. So he, he hires a teleprompter. So for an hour, I'm looking at the teleprompter. Look here, look there, you know, that garbage. Then he says, we got the speech for you. Who says that? Monaford. Yeah. Yeah. We got your speech. Oh, okay. Oh, oh really? What is it? America's toughest sheriff, known for his pink underwear. Uh-uh. They ain't going to fly. Right. You going to put your hand up my ass, yeah, too? Said, Not going to happen. And I told him, and they bring me on the stage. I said, what am I on the stage for? This is before training me. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't realize why. Because there's a button, and, you know, when the TV, when the microphone is there, they can move it up and down. That's why he asked me my a my uh, weight and all that. So they say the speech. I said I'm going to tell my speech, and what I did, I told about my wife. Trump was having a little problem, allegations of woman. I'm talking about my wife. No, I said I don't care what you say. We're going to do. Stop the whole thing. You don't like what I say with your stupid teleprompter? That's what I did. Got out there. I had prime time. 60 million people because they waited to the last minute to get me up there. Right? Mm -hmm. I never would have been up there if I didn't walk into that room and those people, the little click, which you should have fired all these guys yeah. anyway. Yeah. If I didn't walk in there, I wouldn't have not been there. And he would have thought that I turned them down. Right. Catch they, on? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do. And they ruined his first year in office, yeah. too, that whole bunch. You should have fired all of them. Yep. Now, I meet him once in a while in private. I'm not going to get into it. But, you know, any politician meets with him in private. The media, what, what did you say? They're going to say, well, when I was in there, we discussed this. And I suggested this. You know what I tell the media? I don't say nothing. You want to know about it? Call him. Don't call me. That's how I do it. You could have been in the mafia, right. you know. Yeah. Instead huh? of you, you took a little fork in the road when you were a young man. You could have gone in the mafia, nice and quiet with I, the coast I, of no I worked on the mafia. <laughs> Believe me. When I got the job as a federal narcotic agent, after from Vegas, I went to D.C. and talked to the administrator. He called me. You know what he says? Oh, you're Italian. I said, yeah. Do you mind arresting other Italians? We're talking about the mob in Chicago, you know. That's where they sent me. Mm -hmm. I said, I lock everybody up. I don't care what they are. You Chinese, Italian, I'm an equal opportunity guy. Everybody goes, which I proved that point on some of the boys, the high people I went after, including Maricopa County. Board of Supervisors, I'm not going to get into all that. So I, I know how to make friends and enemies. <laughs> so it all comes back to haunt me because they turned on me, a lot of these people, when I ran for sheriff last year. Now, they're starting to, because, you know, I had a lot of controversy. Now they're starting to call again. I got a big memory. I can I'm not going to say... Not because I'm mean, 
I'm disappointed in politicians. Mm. Some of them will sell their soul for a vote, okay? And I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a very loyal guy. Now, uh, when I say that, it's because I'm disappointed in some politician. By the way, I'm talking about Republican. Oh, sure. I know about the Democrats. Right, 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 right. Hey, let me interrupt you. I, we, we, after we talk for a while, uh, I like to do a lightning round sometimes. Lightning round is where I come at you with a bunch of different things and you give me some off-the-cuff thoughts, okay? Go shoot. Um, what I want to do is you've clearly had your nose to the ground. You're like, you're like the Forrest Gump of law enforcement. You've bumped all over, run into all, all right. these people, arrested Elvis, did uh -huh. the thing for Nixon, you did that down in Noriega, down in Panama, boom, up to here, America's most dangerous sheriff, blah, 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 blah. You got a nose for survival in this environment. So what I'd like to do is bring up several things and give me your two cents, your two quick moments of like, Here's what I would tell them to do. Here's what they should do. Here's what I think. And uh, and so I'm just going to ask you a bunch of quick Good. questions for some quick answers, okay? And we'll wrap it up because I know you've got things to do today. Um, have you endorsed anyone for governor? No. Do you want to? Um, I know them all. Mm -hmm. Most of them have called me. Mm -hmm. I'm staying out of it. No. One thing, I, and I've had 17 call me around the country, eight women running for Congress in different mm -hmm. states want my endorsement. First thing I say, are you with Trump? That's the first barrier. And I know when they're hedging. Yep. If they're for Trump, then I endorse them. Or at least there's a possibility of endorsing them. The 17 that called me, I endorsed. Okay. Kind of underdogs. How about it, Carrie Lake? She uh, is endorsed by Trump. Right. And I have to remember that because on Trump's airplane 24 years ago, they called me, she called me, wanted to interview Trump, and I cut him into that. So during the years we've had our, she's a journalist, I'm the sheriff, and uh, she's always treated me good in the media. That's Channel 10. That's yeah. Fox. Yeah. John Hook, my dear friend. That was the co-anchor. So this time around, uh, I've had other people running that wanted my endorsement. And I stayed out of the race. Became very active endorsing people the last three years and get, raising money for the cops. Been very active, getting more press now than I did when I was sheriff. I average at least 10 press things that occur around the country that I mention. And I have a way to track them, you know. The, every time I'm on world TV or anything, I get a copy. So every day, my name is still out there. Sometimes not nice, but any press is good. I'm still out there around the world. They come and visit me. I still talk, but I'm a big, big supporter of Trump. 
Yeah. And that's I always throw him in um, when they come over. I don't care what the subject is. I throw Trump in there. So I've been helping him, not formally, but my own way. Yeah. Okay. Now, well, I'm listen. You mentioned whether I'm endorsing who? Kerry Lake. I so far stayed out of it. I would never go against her, but one I am not endorsing is Robeson. Well, that, that goes into a different personal situation, personal political situation. So right well, now, if Trump calls me and says, take care of her, probably change my mind and endorse her. Well, I hear he's coming to town soon. I haven't heard that. I hear he's coming to town soon. and uh, But it has to be pretty quick. Yeah, it is. I know he's going to Alaska. I hope you endorse her. She's she's great. Watched her work and evolve. I, I think she's awesome. She's a serious America first. Everybody else a bunch of rhinos. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, if you were to give advice, uh, tell me some advice you would give Sheriff Lamb. Because he's making a big name for himself. He's very involved. He's got his fingers in a bunch of political pies all over town, all over the state. I helped him get elected. He forgot that. I'm not going to talk about him. I know what I did as sheriff. I think he's. We don't have watching. to say anything. We don't have to say anything bad or good. But I mean, if you were to give him advice, elder law enforcement okay, who's okay. been there, done that. Okay. Kid, I'll, I'll tell you what the advice. advice is. Yeah. Go out and lock up some illegals. That's start, my advice. Start rounding them up. Okay. That's my big advice. Okay. And that goes for all the sheriffs. Okay. And don't go blaming me that I've been sued because there's some laws that say you can still raid businesses. Go lock up the illegals and lock up some dope pillars. That is my advice. Instead of going on the TV, you know, uh, okay. which I do, but at least I get on TV because I have action. I right. don't get on TV because you crack up a car or whatever. Right. I get on TV for doing things that are controversial. I'm not criticizing these guys. I'm a little disappointed, though. Everything seems to have died. Do you really think the media won't uh, won't publicize if you raid a business today? I, I tell know. me, tell me how many businesses have been raised. I mean, raided, and the law says you can do it. Nobody's doing nothing, and we. And that's the time now to do something and not worry about being sued, right. publicity, right, right. and all that. Do crap. the job. So you touch a nerve with me, and I just gave you the answer. Okay, good. Talk to me. Uh, what, what advice would you give Mark Burnovich? He's running for uh, United States Senator. I'm staying out of that race. He's staying out of the race. But yeah. what advice would you give him as Attorney General? I mean, he's leaving the job, so who cares? Well, he wants to be senator. He wants to be senator, but let's stay out of the senator race. He's Attorney General. He's been in there for several years now. What do you, you know, you as a law enforcement person have always been at, uh, finding a way to work with attorneys exactly. because you, you know, because that's the yeah, yeah. second part of the yeah. arrest, right? right. Um, what's it, the advice you give him as Attorney General? Well, it's pretty tough right now because he's not going to be Attorney General much longer. Yeah. If you give advice, it has to be past tense. Yeah, what past tense have? advice. I don't know. I, 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 he was Attorney General when I was sheriff for a brief time. But it looks like politics gets involved in everything. Yeah. 
You can't get nothing done today. I have some threats on me uh, trying to get this resolved. Nobody wants to do anything. It's always politics. Every When you go to the toilet, it becomes politics. I feel like everybody's covering their ass and not doing their jobs. Yeah, like I, if I was the attorney general, uh, I'd say, hey, let's start rounding up people over what? Over, let's say, election fraud. Let's Let's round up everybody that we've got anything on, not perfect cases, just any case. Let's round them up and find out what happened. Start interviewing oh, people. Yes, you're right. I mean, what did I do? All these demonstrations in Scottsdale, you think that would have happened? If I was a sheriff, I would have had the posse and the machine guns. I'm serious. Everybody knows it. All the cops stand by because the police chief and the mayor, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. I don't blame the cops on the street. But nobody seems to have the guts. It's all political crap going on. Yeah, ass covering. And, and I don't see, where's all the arrests for illegals? Right. Where are all the arrests? Forget the feds. You have state laws, okay, on illegal immigration. Where are they? Right. Let's t uh, Give me two seconds on, uh, I, and I know we, we, we none of us like the Monday morning quarterback, but... If I got to my son's school because there had been a shooting, it would be really, really challenging to keep me from going in the school. If there's a lockdown situation and the police are not and the cops are not in the building, it, you'd have to kill me. What happened in Texas? What's going on with law enforcement? Texas is known for, you know, burly men that ride bulls and are brave and join the military. What happened there? With that school shooting. And by the way, I cover that area too when I was head of DEA, that town. Mm -hmm. So it was disorganized. The cops now today are afraid to do anything because they're going to be thrown under the bus and be criticized. So sometimes they're a little careful before they act. They're not as proactive. Now, you brought up a very important question that affects me today. Affects me today as part of my mayor's race. Because I started with my deputies and posse, all these shootings, going around to, and protecting the schools and the churches. Okay? Now, in my hometown, I had a demonstration in the schools with the, how to protect the kids, live, live demonstration with the guns and everything else. Guess what? The mayor I'm running against was out front, getting petitions signed against me, but all the demonstrators, when I'm in there, my guy's in a way, you know, kind of risking their lives. It was a training session mm -hmm. to show what you do if this happens, and it's drill. been happening yeah. over and over again, right? Yeah. And you got her, Democrat, out there getting signatures against me. So you know what? She ain't going to be mayor much longer. In two, three weeks, I will be the mayor. And now I'm going to change everything in the role of the mayor. Different position. And Donald Trump should concentrate more now on mayors than the congressmen, senators, because mayors are destroying this country. 
Right. Chicago, Seattle. Yeah. They're all Democrats. Because all they need to do, the th people forget that the mayor is that executive branch mm -hmm. in a community. Mm -hmm. And just saying it so changes the direction. You don't need to get 30 people on board. You don't need to make a deal. Just having the mayor say it. That's what I want the role of the mayor, not just to fix you know, the streets. I need that position. You're right on track. And I'm going to defend my town. That comes when I call in all the chips. But that role of mayor is very important across our country. And it has to be utilized Better. In, a, in a good way. Yeah. And let me tell you another thing, presidents. So goes the president, so goes the country. Sure. The president sets the temple, whether it's a good temple or bad temple, the president sets the temple in this country. So naturally we need a new president, but we need new mayors. To, I'm not talking about mine. Mine's a little small jurisdiction. We need good mayors in these big cities that will take care of business. We need people elected who care about the people and they don't care about owning the issue or the party. You know, imagine yeah. if you parachuted me into any Democrat city in this country, I would be doing stuff for the people of the town. I would never be doing anything to enrich myself. I can't even believe we get people who enrich themselves. It's just both it's ways. staggering to me. Both, both sides. Politically yeah. and money. No, I'm talking about politically and money. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about, you know, politicians. Yeah. Well, um, Sheriff, absolute pleasure having you in. It has been, uh, it's a unique privilege to sit and get a chance to talk with you. I know you've talked to a lot of people over the years. To hear about, you know, this amazing journey you've been across the entire country and around the world in service for your country and your fellow citizens. Pleasure having you in. And uh, if folks want to uh, jump in and donate for your campaign that's going on right now, do you have a website uh, where they can do right. that? Or do you care? Do you want to? Uh, no. Save the money, buy the gas. Fantastic. Use my money. I mean, you give me, don't give it to me. Give it to you. The gas tank. Okay. The economy sucks. Bobby, would you take a note to self? The first person we've had in running for offices, don't give me any money. Go buy gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I want to move to goddamn Fountain Hill so I can vote for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Sheriff, absolutely a Thank pleasure you. having you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. All right, sports fans, a behind-the-scenes quiet sit-down and talk with one of America's uh, most most known and notorious law enforcement people in the last 50 or 100 years. Just great having him in. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. The Greg Medford Show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Rumble, and of course, little bits of it here and there on YouTube that those dirty, rotten sons of bitch and Marxists don't pull down with their uh, suppressing ways. Greg Medford, I'm out.